Fighting. Hatred. Fear. Had enough of the noise? Pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. If you're in my neck of the woods when it comes to the times we've traveled around this beautiful sun that enlightens us, if you've been on this journey with me or maybe even a little bit before, you remember being a kid, putting your right hand over your heart and speaking those words every single day in school. Is it an indoctrination? Yeah, it is, but that doesn't make it bad. It's an understanding of duty, of allegiance, of belonging to something greater than yourself. And with that, the additional wonderful values of sacrifice when necessary and selflessness at all time. And that God is with us. And that liberty is our social contract. And that above all, we believe in justice, which is to make sure that what's right is done. Every single day being programmed to understand that as a citizen of this country, there are immense benefits. And with those benefits come duty and responsibilities. I remember thinking back to growing up you know, being in school in third, fourth, fifth grade, of each time putting my hand over my heart and saying that maybe, definitely, not with the belief that I have in it today. You know, we would be playing around, but every single student said it, boy and girl. We were proud, proud to be Americans, proud to belong to something that was a source of pride. That in those days for me in the early 80s, what seems like a entire millennia ago, that we were good. That it was good to be an American. That we had saved the world. We had won the war. We had gotten involved and did what was right as I would learn more studying World War II, especially, which for many of you, as you know, is one of my things that I love to study, this, the, the time period, the thought process, what it would take for someone to have the courage to take the unbridled evil of Nazism and Luciferianism that's intertwined with it, cross a sea and say, 
we're going to defeat you here and now. And across this line I stand on, you will not take one further step. A lot of courage it'll take. A lot of courage. Courage that we have to find today. Courage we all have to find today. It's not an accident that in the late 90s and early 2000s, the Pledge of Allegiance came under attack by people who think they're doing good. Oh, I'm so appalled that there's the mention of under God. That's why you're going to ban the Pledge of Allegiance. That's why you are going to remove this important oath that we all take from students all around the country. You're going to remove this source of pride, this ownership that a pledge such as this places upon a being. You're going to remove this gift from our children because it has God in it. Who would do that but Lucifer? I ask you, who would do that but an agent of darkness? I stood for something. I believed in it. And I longed for my opportunity to be a hero, as so many before me had done, that I might have freedom. Certainly our country's history is complex, especially with where you feel you stand based upon the color of your skin and the culture that you assign yourself to. Our enemy has a one-page playbook that we keep falling for. Our common enemy, on that playbook, on that one page, it says, divide and conquer. So now our children are taught that men are bad and being a man is bad. Our children are taught that women should be in the role of what men are supposed to be, defenders, protectors. And that men can have babies and take on the role of nurturers. That's Baphomet in pure sight, if I can't, if I can say what I see. I am... An eighth, seventh, or eighth, I have to go back and look. Generation free man in the United States of America. My lineage traces back to 1812 and a marriage license between two slaves in New Orleans. And one of the things that I was taught very clearly from when I was a young man was that there is no hell like slavery and that it must never exist again. And yet that's exactly what's going on when we talk about child trafficking and what's happening at our Southern border right now. Today, I have a very special guest for you who is going to tell you things from a firsthand perspective, a true American hero, a retired Lieutenant Colonel, 
Green Beret, career soldier with over 40 years of experience who works on the front lines every day and night. Dr. Pete Chambers is going to join us. And it's a interview I hope all Americans will listen to. The sincerity, the passion, the facts, the explanations that make sense to help you understand what's going on and how our country is being invaded right now and the money that is at stake. Why are there cartels trafficking drugs and guns and people, slavery all, into our country? Why are we allowing it? Why is there a showdown between Governor Abbott and Joseph Biden along our borders? Why have anywhere, depending upon the estimates that you may read, anywhere between 9 and 12 million illegal immigrants crossed our borders? and now roam our country just in the last four to five years. And what's the impact on the children who were caught in this nightmare? What's the impact on the pawns that many of these people are and how many of these people are able-bodied men from other countries trained as sleeper cells to be destabilizers, especially during election years? Why is our border open for such lawlessness? And whose responsibility is it for it to be closed? We have been and are being invaded right now. And it's important we listen to someone, a true hero, who risks his life every day on our behalf someone that we want on a wall, that we need on a wall, with the guts to say, no one is going to hurt you, not on my watch. Stay tuned for a very powerful episode of Energetic Health Radio with retired Lieutenant Colonel Pete Chambers right after these messages. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Lifestyle changes are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support cholesterol and blood pressure with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD for 25% off. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order.
All right, healers, welcome back. I am here with Dr. Pete Chambers, uh, in my opinion, the baddest man in America that I've ever met. I mean that. I, I don't, you know, I don't froth over men too much, but this dude, when I met him, I was like, that's a man. All right. So, uh, Dr. Pete, thank you so much for everything that you do uh, for our country and have done for our country. Uh, I know you've been working on the front lines uh, on this border issue that should not be an issue right. for a very long time. Help our audience get educated on uh, as quickly as possible. What's going on at the borders? Right. You know, you know, I'll start out with Doc. I'm going to start out with just my background so you understand the context of where I'm coming from. Perfect. I'll do it real quick. I'm a soldier. I've always been a soldier since 1983 to 2022. Uh, came in under Ronald Reagan, got out in 2022. Uh, I was just a kid. I didn't know what I was doing. I was an infantry guy, paratrooper, Green Beret, uh, became a doctor when I got out. Uh, I was a osteopathic physician, uh, conducted uh, residency in uh, emergency medicine, finished that. 9-11 uh, happened at the same time. I went downrange, uh, worked for special forces and Green Berets as a plumber on the battlefield, so to speak. I stopped bleeding in bad places. So then uh, that I was also a Green Beret, so that when I came back home and I went to the Texas National Guard, they put me on the border and said, okay, here you go. But that was after my stint with the COVID response. So that's a whole nother story. But this this border, this is what brought me to where we're at now. Okay, so I take the border, uh, COVID thing comes, the mandate, I'm dealing with troops. I got 6,000 troops on the border. Nobody's sick. Nobody's taking vaccine, you know, test cars, no PCRs. And my guys are safe because we're doing preventative medicine, good, you know, good healing uh, practices, uh, eating the right things, doing the right things. You got all kinds of diseases coming across the border at times. But uh, but honestly, I stood up and said, hey, no, no shots for my boys. Uh, we're just not doing that. We're going to do informed consensus. It's up to them. I got fired. I lost the rock, paper, rank game. And so uh, I was just a lieutenant colonel. And that's OK, uh, because I stood up for what was right. And it was an unlawful order. But that then set me on the course that God said, you're going to take off that uniform, put on the armor of God, and you're going to put on Ephesians 6 armor, and it's going to be a lot lighter for you because it it's invisible, right? It's a force field. So I uh, went back to the border. I'm on a horse with my dog. I'm going through this dark time because I just got fired from the job that I love for 39 years, and uh, and it and it it dawned on me that these people need help. And it's not just Americans and it's not just Texans. It's these people coming north of the border that are really being used as pawns and they don't, they don't know it. Uh, the system's overwhelmed. You can only take care of so many people at a time. They're just getting thrown out on the street. So they got a lot more homeless out there. That's another story. But here's what it looks like on the border. And I'll explain uh, as we go along what, where we're at right now with this convoy that's coming down the road here. And we'll get to that whenever you're ready. Uh, but I think that what we've got is a, uh, uh, a situation where it's a failure to communicate, right? And it's failure to communicate truths because in everything that you see in this world, there's optics and there's reality. There's always optics. Most people operate in the optic world. They worry about how many likes they get. They worry about what people wear. You know, if I go to, to Boston wearing this, somebody's going to get in a bar fight with me because I just look weird, right? I don't belong there. Mm -hmm. you know, but if I go to the Indian nations where I'm from, or if I go to Texas where I'm from, I fit in. So it's like, oh, okay, so the optics of it, but they don't know my heart and what the reality is. And so the reality is, is that I'm a, a man that does humanitarian stuff and I operate out of the truest virtue of a warrior, which is love. And once you realize that, it took me a long time to figure it out that you don't hate your enemy. You have to do business. We conduct business and that sucks. I hate, I hate war. I do. But uh, I'm, I'm really good at it because I, have, I had my faith and I didn't operate in a spirit of fear just because I learned along the way that there was a bigger 
power that God was, you know, carrying me through a lot of this stuff. So now I'm on the border. Two years ago, I'm down on the border in McAllen, Texas, and the numbers were about 12,500 that came across a week, across wow. 1,250 miles of Texas border. Now, this is where we're at. On the 18th of December of this just 2023 at uh, Eagle Pass, Texas, I was standing there with my drone, put it up over a crowd of 12,500 people that came across in less than 24 hours. So you see the difference. Right. Right. So it's a complete mayhem, complete chaos, and it's overwhelming the system. You can't control these numbers. And, um, and, I'm, and I'm, you know, every day is not like that. That was just a day, but it was a big day. Um, but every day is 900 coming across a thousand coming out on one point, one point. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now I could go into a lot of reasons why this is happening. And there's multiple reasons why it's very deep. And we'll, if you want to ask late, later or however you want to do it, we can, but, but understand that there's once again, an optic and reality of this border. And so it's going to be, uh, upon the hands of right now, the shoulders of governor Greg Abbott, that's the Texas governor. It's he's the commander in chief of the Texas response. And so what he does is he's a, he's a politician. They all do this. I'm not going to call him out primarily. I'm just going to say all politicians do this. What is, what is, what do I do? What I do is expedient for my reelection or the next rung that I want to go up. He's got his sights set on pregnant president. I got it. He's, he's never kind of held. He in closed circles. He talks about it. I, I've been on his staff before during the COVID response in meetings. I wasn't his staff, but I mean, our staff met with his, mm -hmm. but I've listened to the, to the, the, I could see it stars in the eyes. So that's okay. But, but the reality is, is that people are being hurt on this, this humanitarian crisis. There's nothing humanitarian about children drowning in the river or bodies being found hung up on barbed wire somewhere in the middle of a ranch, somewhere in the, in the hot parts of desert in the summer. There's nothing humanitarian about, uh, you know, the terrible things that they're doing to these people that when they fall into the wrong hands, Mm -hmm. 86,000 children are missing right now that they, that they list missing that have come across. They were in the care of the U S government department of Homeland security and child protective services. They were in their care. They've disappeared off the books. Nobody knows where these kids are. All right. That's probably more. Um, I've chased down some of those leads when I, we do get them. We found up to 119 kids right now within the Austin um, central Texas area in different various houses. So, that's one aspect to what can, we do. Can I ask on that one? Because I think this is something everybody's listening to is thinking right now. When you've entered into those houses and mm -hmm. recovered those children, what did you find? Like who was who was who was okay, in these so, houses? And, and, and how did these kids get yeah, there? I'll clarify how I how I found that because that's a, based upon authority. So I can't kick down a door as a private citizen anymore. I can't go do that. Mm -hmm. But the way I found it was looking at the roles and figuring out where did they go. So this is a lot of homework prior to defining them, but then figuring out, okay, they got it. They got assigned to some person that, that is a foster family or a sponsor family. Mm -hmm. But then you go down there, but what we found was with these 109 kids, these are all boys, teenage boys with these 109 kids, they went to one apartment complex with one or no five sponsor families for 119 kids. We only found 109 and we said, Hey, they're in this apartment complex and there's a bunch of tags around this neighborhood that says Los Cholos, right? Well, that's the gang of boys. So now you've got Los Cholos running around. They're smashing windows of cars. They're using these kids to do things that are bad. And they're going to grow up in a lifestyle that is not really conducive to a good future. And so now you got the sponsor family, some of which are illegals themselves. That tells me that the system of placing children is broken 
No wonder you got 86,000 kids missing. So then we hand the information over to law enforcement. They kick the doors. They actually go in. But I'm still paying attention and talking to those officers. And this is what it is. Two of the families are illegals themselves. They're not They're not documented. Um, others have, you can't, logistically, you can't handle five fa- five sponsor families handling that many kids. Not a po- not, not possible. It's just no, not possible. That's where the problem lies, is that the, the bureaucracy of the chaos is overwhelmed. And so then these, these names kept popping up on these roster lists. There was a whistleblower that gave us these lists and said, I'm working these camps down here. This is where they went, but we can't find them. So we just went into high gear going, well, let's find these kids. This is close. This is in our, you know, this is in our AO, area of operation. So that's what we did. So I didn't physically see that, but finding them on paper and then handing them over to the authorities, that's how that looked. Getting feedback from them, that's how that looked. Understood. Okay. Well, that's deeply concerning for me because that that says that these kids are being thrust into potential situations that we know aren't conducive for their development, but maybe there's intent to do that. Um, to create destabilization. And that's a potential. Why would there be 119 boys, teenagers? And then, I mean, this this has every look of, of lawless Rome and everything yeah. that we've seen historically. Yeah. Now, get, getting back to the border, where do you want to take us? Because, I mean, I still want you to just take us on a tour. Yeah. I want to understand what's going on. And then in the next segment, I want to get into, I am a, an American who loves my country. What mm-hmm. do I need to do to help? Oh, good. Yeah, I can. I've got that part down pat now. Okay, so uh, we'll just do this on the the chronology kind of way, where I'll just talk about Operation Lone Star as I know it, because I'm a fact witness guy. I just tell you facts that I know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'll conjecture, but I'm going to tell you facts. So when I first showed up on the border two years ago, that was in McAllen, Texas. We had about 600 soldiers, Texas National Guard, on the border in that particular region. That's called the Rio Grande Valley. Now. Uh, our job was to identify to, you know, listening posts, observation posts along the border to pay attention to what's coming across to report it then to the Border Patrol and to the Texas uh, Department of Public Safety. That'd be the state troopers, all that. That's our job. In the meantime, we were looking for essentially a needle in a stack of needles because I also wore the hat of a Green Beret. We're looking for uh, terrorists, people bringing things that are across that are potentially hazardous to the, the infrastructure of this country. But also, we, we what we found was fentanyl coming north. We'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. We found uh, guns coming north. We found um, trafficking coming north in, in the form of interesting traffic. We'll explain that. And then we found, um, let's see, I'm trying to think what else. Oh, and then uh, going south, we found money going south because they're selling whatever up here and they're bringing money back in the form of cash. So you can't just, you know, carry that uh, across the border in your car or you can, but you run the risk. So they would use these people called mules. They'd put them on their packs and go south north. So if you knew they were going south and north, you knew kind of what they were carrying. We have, a you know, a pretty robust system to identify those things. Here's the problem set. When you find something interesting and you find out that it's going to uh, a certain location and there's somebody of... Um, that is that should not be inter- interacting with these nefarious characters mm-hmm. and you give that name they say that's fine thank you you know soldier uh we'll handle this and that would be an, a government agency we'll handle this from here and then you find out that nothing was done with it that's disheartening because you did all this homework you got it to a place and if there's a there's at least one texas family that i know about that is involved with child trafficking very significant name i can't say on here because it's being worked up but I'll just say 
that when it gets to that level and then somebody says back off we got this right let's see what you do that's intent that's criminal intent bingo so uh, we're still we're like we still got the receipts and so that's what i'm doing now because here's what makes me really dangerous not me my people like me on the border that have eyes that have a heart that have truth in their Mm -hmm. form what makes us dangerous and this is going to get to what you can do later on is we are more eyes than they ever thought of and if Mm -hmm. we have boldness and courage and all the things that we have we know what to do with it and get it to the right person then and lately it's been the media, but this level media, not the mainstream media for sure. But, but then we collectively conduct little victories and the little victories add to big victories, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. There's this thing, I'm gonna go ahead and go into this now. So I don't have to keep explaining this detail. We went through cognitive dissonance in the beginning of COVID, right? Right. Right. We went, and that's just minimizing saying, Hey, I can dip five, five uh, tins of snuff a week. And it's not bad for me. Because I'm only mm-hmm. doing one now. Well, it's still mm-hmm. bad for you. So mm-hmm. you're minimizing the situation around you. And then we roll into this mass mass uh, formation psychosis because now we're scared because of fear, psychosis, so with fear. And then, so then when you do that long enough, you end up with what's called Stockholm syndrome because you're trusting your government, right? That they're going to mm-hmm. take care of you, mm-hmm. but they're not really taking care of you. But if they take away the things that they gave you, that's the the, the golden handcuffs, if you will. Right. I can't take these off because I really need these golden handcuffs. This is my job. This is my career. This is my check. This is my disability. This is my whatever. I can control you with that because you're right. worried about that. And so I got to feed my family. And I respect that. I know a lot of people in the military took the shots because they had to, because they had to feed their families. Right. And they, and they got hurt. So, right. um, so that's what, what I mean by that. So when, when we look at where we're at now, that Stockholm syndrome, Here's what we learned in SEER. And SEER is a course that we go through called Survival, Evasion, Resistance, and Escape, S-E-R-E. When, we, when you're a prisoner of war, and it's three weeks long for us, it's a training event, but after three weeks of running around the woods and somebody captures you, you're tired, you're hungry, they're beating you, they're doing all this stuff to train you how to not give up information. Right. One of the things you do to survive in SEER, in a prisoner of war, op- or a prisoner of war situation is, you have to do the little victory. So if they tell me that I got to bow down to the people of whatever country, you know, this red flag in front of me with a hammer and suckle on it, then I go, okay, I will bow down. Uh, yes, master. No, you bow down just a little bit less each time. And you look at them, they didn't beat you. You're like a little bit less. And that's a mm-hmm. victory because I can mm-hmm. control that. When you have control over your destiny, you feel like you are not completely uh, captured. Right, I have yeah. a little control, a little control, a little control. My next buddy over here, he might be like, uh, they gave us two crackers to eat today. And he might be like, uh, that guy over there is hungry, but we were told not to give the crackers to the other guy. He breaks off a little corner of it. I break off a little corner of it. All of us collectively, 80 of us, break off a little corner of our cracker, give it to the guy that's hurting the most. That's Mm -hmm. a little victory for us collectively. Mm -hmm. So that's the way this looks. So when we're trying to come out of this Stockholm, it's those little victories that make Mm -hmm. such a difference. Because a guy like me, when I go and do a hostage rescue mission, I'm looking at the guy on the ground that's in chains and saying, follow me if you want to live. And if he grabs the post or the chair and says, I'm not going, he's Stockholm. I, we don't discuss it after that. I pick mm-hmm. him up over my shoulders and mm-hmm. we go out and we execute mm-hmm. because I don't have time for discussion. Mm-hmm. So, so those of us that I consider Gideons in this thing, the 300 you know, left to yep. fight the battle, we were chosen for this moment. And how was Gideon's men chosen? Because they drank water like this and they kept their eyes up to pull security. That's what that is. Mm-hmm. They drank with their hand. They didn't stick their face in the river like a cow. So mm-hmm. that's what that is. And so 
those little victories, those Gideon people will lead the others out because not everybody can do it. It's okay. There are people that are afraid. It, you, you're making well, me think of a, a great, great story. Harriet Tubman, you know, she carried oh. a gun every time she went down to go and, and conduct on the railroad. She told him straight up, I, you come with me, you give us up, I'll kill you myself. But if you want to go to freedom, we go now. And that, you know, and that's just what it is. And that's very much an, uh, a Nehemiah story as well, because in Nehemiah, you know, he's told mm -hmm. to go build a wall with shovels. But then they say he told his people, but carry a sword as well. That's right. Right. So that's very much along those lines. And I respect that. Um, and that's what that's how we're living right now on this border. Honestly, you know, we, we protect ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, we deal with the cartels. We've got seven or eight different factions that I know about that are up against our border. That that's a that's a that's a semi permissive environment. Now this is going to get us. Back. Now when you talk about these cartels, just so we can get everybody in. Yeah, oh, yeah. I want I want to paint this picture. So you tell everybody about these cartels. There's seven you, or, yeah. six or seven cartels over there. What are they cartels of? What is the commodity moving across the border? What are they? What is their? Why do they want to be there? All right, I'll start east to west. We'll start with the Gulf Cartel, the Gulfos. Okay, they call themselves the Gulfos. Mm -hmm. They're old school. The other on the west, you got the Sinaloas. They are old school. They're like mm -hmm. mafia. They're about moving, you know, products, guns, drugs, all that stuff. Not the not on the ground. You know, the guy on the street corner trying to sell nothing. They're the big picture guys. So they're the two old men in the room, both mm -hmm. right and left, Gulfos and Sinaloas. Sinaloas down by San Diego. Now, in between, you've got this lawless region. That used to be run by a, a cartel called the Zetas because they were about, about violence. So what's the commodity there? The commodity there is fear, chaos, and really, to me, satanic. I, I, I can't even understand it because they take their playbook out of what ISIS used to do. People cutting heads off, hanging them upside down bridges, warning. You know, it's all about power. It's all about machismo. It's all about, you know, who's going to whack who today and who's going to be on charge of this thing. So there's a different flavor per cartel. But the commodity now is, guess what? The cartel, when I was down there, and when it, we talk about, like, let's say the cartel del Noreste, which is the Northeast cartel. They're just below parts of Texas. Um, that particular cartel, their flavor, their commodity is human trafficking because they made $400 million a month in human trafficking. Wait, re repeat that for everybody. $400 million a month along 1,250 miles of Texas borders. All right. And this is how that works at that time. They would sell a wristband like you're going to Six Flags and you put it on the kid or the mama or the daddy in these family units. They would sell it to them and say, OK, it's going to cost this family three thousand dollars to get you across the river. OK, so they would put this little band on them and it had a color and it would have some marking on. It. They knew this was cartel de Oreste. So now they're like chattel. They're cattle. They're they're being branded just down the line. The wave, the, the Jalisco new generation, the wave generation. Those guys, they're they're a competitor to them. Sometimes they get in gunfights, but they're a competitor. They might have a, a blue band or something with a different thing on that. So those belong to them. Those belong to them. But as long as they paid that, what they call PISO, the PISO tax, P-I-S-O, they paid that. You come across the river, you take it off because you don't want them to know you've been dealing with the cartels on this side. Mm. And you will go across that river on the U.S. side, and there are thousands of those little bands on the ground everywhere different colors, different, and they all mean something. Who who really was their master when they were coming across? Because some of them can't afford to pay 3000 So what do they do? They say, well, give us one of your kids. And when you get across, you get a job and you send us some money and we'll send you your kid. Think about how well that works out for some of them. It doesn't. Of course, the, those kids get put right into child trafficking right on the spot. 
This is the game. This is not a game. This is the travesty. This is the satanic thing that's going on about this. And it, and it breaks my heart because I'm going to tell you a story that, that yeah, why, let's hear it. why I got out of uniform and why I went back to the border with my horse and my dog. And then it turned into what we're at now. One night in Roma, Texas would be the Dr. R. That's a bluff that overlooks the city of Miguel Alemán to the south. There was about 700 people that came across about three in the morning. And we were standing there watching, you know, we're just Border Patrol was escorting these people to their trucks. And as they're walking by, I saw two little girls, seven and eight years old, sisters from Guatemala. There was two gentlemen standing behind them. And they, they were imagine my hand here on their shoulders and they were kind of pushing them in front of them. Mm-hmm. I said, these girls are scared. And there's something about that that doesn't seem right. I'm a daddy. I got two daughters. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't hold my daughter like that. Push them across like this. So I stopped. I sent, sent my guys over. I said, get those two guys and get those two little girls. Bring them over. And my guys took the other guys, separated them out like cops do. You know, mm-hmm. Cops do that. Tell me your story. Tell me your story. Mm-hmm. Two little girls, the second that we separated them, they were walking to me. And I'm standing there with a gun, a dog, body armor, all this stuff. In the middle of the night, three in the morning, 78 years old, little girls. And uh, you could see their eyes. And they went to, we're safe right now. And there was mm-hmm. almost a smile, but there was tears. Mm-hmm. They grabbed my legs, one on each side. And I told my guys, go back to the Humvee and get me some of those little teddy bears. We had them for kids. One, one each. And they both had little buttons that played Hispanic prayer music. And I handed them to them and they, they just grabbed them, right? They just grabbed them. They said, I said, where are you from? Guatemala. Where are you going? We're going to Atlanta. We have a, tar- a tag around their neck with a phone number. It says, go to this number. I said, well, where's your parents? Well, they're back in Guatemala. I said, well, how did you get here? Those men. Okay, well, I asked my guys, where are those guys from? They weren't from Guatemala. All right, so I hand them now differently, separately, one to the Border Patrol, the girls, because they're going to go to the processing station, and then the guys to um, Texas Department of Public Safety because they're trafficking. So they go mm-hmm. to the Highway Patrol. They're going to do whatever they do. They're going to have to do the background. I don't do that part. But I did not want to let those girls go because I knew that they were going to end up in some van going somewhere with them safely to some mm-hmm. processing center to be in 20,000 people in a room mm-hmm. and then with a little tag on their neck with a number mm-hmm. to their supposed aunt in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Right. And they're like, how far is Atlanta from here? I'm like, you're in South Texas, sweetie. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're speaking Spanish. And, but it broke my heart because I thought I still to this day see those eyes and think, where are these kids? Folks, oh my goodness. Oh. Right? Um, we're going to have to take a short break and come right back with uh, Dr. Pete. Um, if that don't move you, you don't have a heart. If that doesn't move you into understanding the vast importance of what is going on, you don't have a heart. That's right. And you don't have a right to call yourself an American. If that doesn't boil your blood, knowing that our government is sending threats down to people trying to stop this, that they better stand down and allow this to continue, you are not an American. And you can go find yourself another country because we're taking this one back. Amen. We'll be right back with Dr. Pete and uh, more of what's going on at the border right after these messages. When God, through his grace and mercy, gave us free will, the will of the people was to live freely. To that end, 
we fight for the liberty of all at a time when global tyranny threatens us as never before in mankind's history. This vision is manifest at AmericaOutloud.news, a site for all who cherish free will and freedom. Now is our time, my fellow Americans. America Out Loud Talk Radio, liberty and justice for all. Clean, pure, with premium ingredients, Global Healing's Pure Plant Protein offers 20 grams of protein per scoop And it's a perfect way to maintain and build lean muscle while indulging yourself. It combines enzymes and probiotics to maximize nutrient absorption, improving digestion, and your gut health. Available in vanilla and chocolate flavors, elevate your protein consumption while supporting your overall wellness with pure plant protein. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD, Global Healing giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. All right, healers, welcome back. Uh, I hope you are as interested in what Dr. Pete has to share as I do, um, because we are at an explosive moment, potentially, in our country's history. We're going to decide who we're going to be for the foreseeable future. Um, and this is certainly, to me, not a ta- uh, time to stand down. I-, I stand with what's going on in Texas with the order, uh, the the order given by Governor Abbott on January 24th, and I'm going to be very clear with everyone about that. I stand with it, um, and I'm going to support it as, to the best of my ability. And if I got to take up arms, I'm going to take up arms. I'm at that point, everybody. Now, I'm never going to suggest violence as a solution. Diplomacy always first. But if we are supporting a government that is empowering child trafficking, that is empowering like, those two little girls from Guatemala to go through the experiences that they have gone through, then change is necessary. And we have to be strong enough to do whatever it takes to ensure that change occurs, that we cannot exist as people of this great nation, knowing that that's going on and that's okay. I'm not doing it. So coming back in with Dr. Pete, Dr. Pete, Governor Abbott issues this order. I read the whole thing. Uh, I thought he, I thought he's playing a brilliant game of chess with the Biden administration. Um, and I just wanted to get your take on the uh, order that he issued to uh, send the Texas National Guard down to secure the border right. and uh, the government's response and just kind of take us through the whole thing, if you don't mind. So what we had when I was talking before about the the uh, Eagle Pass incident with 12,000 people that night, we were on the ground. We saw it coming. It was overwhelming, and we can't sustain that. So the Texas National Guard was ordered to go into Shelby Park, which is right there. That's that point of entry in Eagle Pass. It's kind of the north side of, of Eagle Pass, and it's just a hot spot right now. We've had other hot spots, Del Rio, all in McAllen, but this particular one, the governor said, we're going to execute, we're going to uh, fall under the Constitution of the United States, which is Article 4, Section 4, which right. is under an invasion. The state has a right to defend itself. Mm-hmm. Now, there are some nuances to everything, because remember, he's a politician and there are po- there are optics and there are, there are uh, reality. 
this came to me, this letter, um, while I was on the set of another talk show, it just happened right in the middle of it. And I, I looked at it and went, well, what, what do you think about this? I said, I read it and went, well, this is constitutional. And he's, he is quoting Article 4, Section 4, and Article 10, uh, Article 1, Section 10, Clause 3. Those are important. Very good. But the previous arguments that Texas made were under tort law. They were mm-hmm. under case law. And see, the, the Constitution is very clear on this. The Constitution is very clear. Their job is to provide security for, for us, for every person in America. That is their job, period. There's no tort law that is going to help us get out of this situation. Texas was arguing that, and that was wrong. It, was, it, it didn't go anywhere. It was just kind of wasting time. So now we see this declaration, which is good. And I applauded him on that show. I said, hey, you know, I've had words with you before, and good words, you know, on the border. He, we, I briefed him. And I said, but this is good because this is a start. But now, okay, so now we're at the, what are you going to do with it, Governor? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because you got a standoff out there. Technically, we call that a Mexican standoff, mm-hmm. what we're doing. But where's the teeth? Right. Because we've briefed him before where the teeth were. Sometimes people don't want the truth or they, they can't handle the truth, let's say. Mm-hmm. In this case, in this case, he's taken step one. Now I've got to get, we've got to get behind that. The other states have, I think as I went to bed last night, 22 states have signed on as support. That's great. First mm-hmm. one I saw was Oklahoma governor. Yep. I know him. He's a good man. He jumped on first. We got Florida, Georgia, all the way across the Southern states, all the way up to North Dakota, South Dakota, Montana, even New Hampshire, which I was surprised, but we've got all these states that are standing up. Good. They support the constitution. That's right. You know how I know that our government agrees with me. This is really important. How does my how do I know that my government agrees with me, a guy that, that took an oath to sworn to protect the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic, because they have to take the same oath. So that means we're in agreement. Mm-hmm. And if we're in agreement, then if you don't do the Constitution, if you don't adhere to it, it's either one, two things. It's either dereliction of duty or treason. Amen. Period. There's That's no it. around it. It's yep. like the Bible. You you. You can't take it and say, well, we're just going to look at it. It's really neat words, but it's not going to adhere to the principles. You got to adhere to principles. And so in this case, the law is the Constitution, the Constitution's law. So once we get rid of the lawyers and we exchange them with constitutionalists, yes, we're good, right? Mm-hmm. Because lawyers, they argue things and they'll, they'll, all they'll do is continue to perpetuate their species. We got to get away from that. Amen. We got to get away from that. Amen. That's the same thing we're seeing on our grand jury initiative. Yes. You know, please. We we had we are coming with arguments about the Constitution and how it's structured and the intent, the spirit of the law. We're they're coming with well, this obscure case, Linda V. R. S. and all this other stuff, and we're going to argue and we're going to argue you into oblivion, and we're going to have this war of attrition with you, where we know we're wrong and we can't really argue against what you're arguing, but we're just going to whittle you down. This right. goes all the way back to Plato and Aristotle and Hegelian yep. dialectics. I mean, that's yep. a great uh, to, to, to synthesize an outcome based upon division, right? Because we keep people busy with Fox News and, and CNN. We keep people busy with black, white. We keep people busy with when we, we, the people get together and we go, we're not going to be divided that's because right. united we're going to stand. Then they can't do this to us. So the careful, the caution in this is a, as a guy that knows war. A guy that mm-hmm. knows civil war, a guy that knows how to to actually cause a civil war in a foreign country. That's what Green Berets do sometimes. And right? Can I ask a question? And you don't yes. have to answer it. Yeah. But have you taken somebody's life in the in the uh, service of your country? Unfortunately, yes. 
You need to listen to this man. He is providing counsel and listen to how he just said that. Unfortunately, I have. There is no glory oh. in that. It, it, I, I, I puked my guts out, you know, six hours later when the battle was over. Um, it's, it's business and it's an ugly business, ugly business, um, because it's not what we do this for. The truest virtue of a soldier is love. And you know, I've said that. Amen. I'm firmly Amen. Um, but sometimes there's tough love, and that's where that, that category falls under. Mm-hmm. But in this case, as a nation, and this is going to go back to the little victories that I talk about all the time, yes, sir. little victories, we embolden each other. Iron sharpens iron. That's, that's what we do. And it doesn't matter what your walk of life is, what your job is. Look, I'm a doctor down here on the border riding a horse like John Wayne. I don't know how this happens. I don't know my destiny. I don't know where I'm supposed to be. But I do know now for a moment such as this, that there's a purpose. And the purpose is to adhere to this Constitution. The purpose is to protect those little children like those two sisters. The purpose is to protect my grandchild and all of our children and all of our families and our ways of life that we could be the beacon on a hill to continue to perpetuate a, a system that once was good mm-hmm. and we allowed the legal plunderers on mm-hmm. capitol hill and in our in our states legal plunderers look at bastiat frederick bastiat he wrote the oh, law man. right and he says in the law that the purpose of the the politician is to legally plunder the common man it's true. It's something we've that been is- talking about. Our, our team talks about that quite a bit. Uh, John Bodwin talks about that. Senator Dennis Linthicum talks about that quite a bit. I mean, what are we what are we seeing the commonality for all of us that see what's going on? We've studied history. That's we it. Understand what is going on in this moment in real time. There you go. And so that's what I do because I was a military history major, minor. Um, you know, before I did medical training or whatever you call it, pre-med. But honestly, it was uh, important for me to be a soldier because I had to understand to look for patterns because everything's about patterns. History reflects itself. And so I look at the patterns and I say, if, uh, if then, therefore, if I see this mm-hmm. and it does this, then it's going to have a second and third order of this. Therefore, this is either bad or good. It's that simple. So now I'm seeing these patterns. And I'm going, this is going to be really bad because what's happened to us with the globalist agenda is they are conducting unconventional warfare upon our country, and they are slowly turning those of us that believe in the Constitution into insurgents. That's so right. now we're conducting counterinsurgency on the real Americans who are trying to adhere to the Constitution. I see it because I've, I've, I've had to run those kind of operations against really bad actors downrange, you know, Taliban that wants to you know, kill everybody in a village. We, but we have, to, we have to understand those patterns. Because if we don't understand those patterns, mm-hmm. we'll miss out. And that's why history is so important. That's why education is so important. That's why the leaders that are bold people, like Harry Tudman, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you my, my personal one that I like, George Taylor. George Taylor was a colonel on the beach in Normandy, and he brought the big red one onto Utah Beach and said, there's only two kinds of soldiers on this beach, the dead and those who will die. Let's go. And they moved through because they were getting slaughtered. 4,000 mm-hmm. dead in the first few minutes. Mm-hmm. So- Guys like that, people like that, they're leaders. And we've got to, we've got to listen to them because they, they have experience, wisdom, and knowledge, and they're going to carry us through that wire to get us to the objective to take down the tyranny. Right. Not once have I ever said anything about any, anything uh, to any group that I talk to about anything nefarious in the sense of picking up arms because I know what war is like. Yep. There was a Lexington and Concord. There was 
a Boston massacre. There was a tea part, a tea act, mm-hmm. which turned into the Boston Tea Party. We're mm-hmm. sitting right at the edge of that right now, praying, praying that there's. Are we going no- to step away from the ledge? We're we are on the ledge. Are we going to step away from it? And is sanity going to prevail? Is logic, reason, compassion? Right. Maybe we bring a little compassion to the table. We have is, to. Is are our oaths? Is honor? Is is our word going to mean something? Because. When I say I'm ready to take up arms, I'm talking about my state of mind. I don't want to do it. I'm not interested in doing that. I shouldn't. We shouldn't be at this precipice that we're on right now, but we're here. And right. that's where it's like, when I look at somebody like you, I go, you know, there aren't very men, many men that I would follow. Honestly, uh, Dr. Pete, I'd follow you. You tell me, you tell me what I got to do. I'm in, you know, and I will, and I will rabble and raise everybody that we can to follow in that same suit because it's together that we win and it's together that we prevent tragedy. That's what this is all about. We are, we are stop signs and there's a, there's a cliff and we're saying, stop, mm-hmm. we're saying, stop. And they're just running. I mean, they're running. So, so tell us, I, I got people listening right now all around the world. I got people listening to you going, I like this guy. I can feel it. They're out there saying this guy knows what he's talking about. He's passionate. He's got the personal experience of it. And we all know something. We all know the truth when we hear it. So now tell us, what can we do to help? Okay, perfect. Yeah. Um, First of all, there is a webpage I use as my lines of effort. So you go to the webpage, drpetechambers.com, D-R-P-E-T-E, Chambers with an S, C-H-A-M-B-E-R-S.com. Look on there. Those are the lines of effort, the things that I'm working on. And then if there's a way that you can do, you know, there's a place to reach out and, 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 and talk, you know, I'm really busy right now, but I do answer them. Um, but, but really look for ways to do the things that I've done there. I've given kind of the, the patterns and said, these are the things that I work on. Do your strength, control your controllable. When chaos ensues, when my parachute fails, I control that controllable. I control it. The thing that I need to do to survive. And then after that, I can control more. Uh, but, but remember that the little victories when the, when the, the tyranny is upon your shoulders when that yoke is on you that the little victories collectively will bring you out as a as and that's the only way it works that's why no no man can be an island no woman can be an island that's the way it works right that's what rocky balboa said that's how winning is done hey eh? mm-hmm. you know i mean mm-hmm. that's what we do right that's that's all i've ever known is victory because whether we lose a battle or a skirmish ultimately we're going to win but it takes a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. And unfortunately, I've left too many, too much blood on foreign soils with my brothers and sisters and, you know, me personally. So I, I don't want to see that. And that's the last thing we need. Well, the first thing we need is collective little victories this, as far as what you can do. Mm-hmm. And, Amen. And get out of that Stockholm Syndrome, I promise you. Because if you don't, I'm going to pick you up and throw you on my shoulder. <laughs> you know, a- amen to that. And that's, that's why I've, I've had a lot of people come up uh, to me the last four years, Dr. Pete, and telling me, hey, Dr. H, you're a, you're a real hero. I'm risk, you know, and I, I appreciate the gratitude and I appreciate the, the praise. But I, I tell people the same thing. I'm no hero. You know, you want to talk to somebody. This man you're listening to, healers, right now, this is a hero. This is who you listen to. I, I serve this is someone who, and and, and I'm sure you I'm sure you keep company of fellow people with a similar you know, with a similar stint towards honor at all times, you know, as well. This is the guiding light right here. This is what's right. You can feel it. And it feels safe, doesn't it? It feels like, man, I feel better knowing that this man is alive and out there fighting for my son, fighting for my future grandchildren, 
fighting for my families, whether they like him or not, whether they're looking at him through the optics of whatever they've been indoctrinated to look at. I don't give a damn. I love that this man is out there and that God put him on our side because that makes me feel like we're going to win. Now, we got something coming up, I think, next weekend, um, if if everything goes still as planned and all that, of course. What's going on next weekend that people can participate in yeah, as well so, as checking out your website? Yeah, if you go to the website, it's there, but I'll just tell you about it. It's takeourborderback.com. This is a rally that con- that's being conducted on the 29th of this month and rolls through the 3rd of February. It's kicking off in Virginia and different other points around the country. There will be three endpoints. There will be uh, San Ysidro, California. There will be Yuma, Arizona, and there will be Eagle Pass, Texas, the one that I'm helping these guys get to. I didn't organize this, but I definitely signed on to help because I want to make sure they stay that they stay safe, that everything is safe, peaceful, uh, moral, ethical. It's an assembly. It's to bring light to the border to say that with, by not adhering to the Constitution, this porous border, this 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 open border like this. That's being used as a tool of war. It's an invasion, that it is an invasion, and that we need to adhere to the Constitution. So that's all this is doing, bringing light to that. The end state for mine is going to be uh, here in Eagle Pass or near it. We're not going downtown. We don't want to hinder the uh, operations of the National Guard. But we're going to go nearby, about 20, 30 miles away, and set up at a children's camp. It's on the website. Mm -hmm. And this lady's been just overrun by cartel. She's been overrun by uh, first the COVID thing shut her down. Now the cartels are there. They're going to go in there and they're setting up a revival tent. And there's going to be people stay as an ongoing ministry. I met with a pastor out of North Texas, and they're going to go down there and start their first revival on the third, right there at that site. And they're going to give it back to God. Amen. Well, I'm committed to going down to uh, Yuma, Arizona. We're going to go down there uh, for the third uh, and be in support. I hope you will come down to one of those three points as well. And uh, Dr. Pete, I definitely want to know what the Energetic Health Institute and Healing for the Ages can do to support um, that ministry uh, down there on the border. Uh, we want to support that. I can speak for everybody at the school. We That's right within our charter. That's right within our mission. you got a friend in us. We want to make sure we can be a part of that solution to help those we kids can, down there. If we can help this sweet lady, she's she's ministering to children's shelters, to orphans, orphanages, uh, and uh, women's shelters even on the Mexican side. So she's right there, 400 meters from the border. So I don't, I, when it comes to kids, I don't care. I don't yeah, care where it is. Matter. We got to help yeah. them. So, so she, she will, yeah, she would be, she will welcome it. Just do me a favor and, and send us and me a, a text with her and you on it. And I, and, and my team will start reaching out and we'll start making sure they're getting regular support every month uh, from people who love them. Uh, we'll, so we'll put together a huge, uh, we'll put together a huge campaign like we did for the people of Maui. And we'll make sure that there's funding and we'll make sure. And I, I, I want to make sure and make it a point to get down there at some point this year as well. And we're going to help. That's what That's we a, do. Yeah. I'll send you a little video of her speaking. It's it's short, but it's it's very sweet. She loves me. Hey, Amen. Well, uh, Dr. Pete, I know you got to get on. We got some you got some bigger fish who want to hear from you. Um, we, so you'll hear uh, Dr. Pete showing up on, uh, I think, Tucker Carlson um, in the next day or two. Right. Um, yeah, the, yeah. The other one was uh, Alex Jones yesterday, but Tucker will be the one tomorrow or today. Yeah. Sorry, this afternoon. Well, you got some you got some big fish in that pond getting this message out. And we're grateful to Alex Jones. We're grateful to Tucker Carlson for doing what's right here. And we know they're going to take a lot of heat like they always do. But they've come through every single time and said, I don't care. I'm going to tell you the truth and get people on who tell the truth as well. Uh, final thoughts for you today. And and, and where you want to what message do you want to leave the audience with? And 
Um, and any anything else that maybe we didn't get to cover, go for it, Dr. Pete. Right. Yeah. You know, something that uh, that I learned and usually I close with that George Taylor store in Omaha Beach. But I'm going to tell you, or Utah Beach, I, I'm going to tell you that, honestly, um, when you start looking at people through the eyes of the Lord, that's what I've done. Sometimes mm -hmm. when I get into a conversation, and I just don't like the way it's going. I just close my eyes and I look back up and I think, OK, now I see pain instead of somebody that's angry at me. Now I see, OK, that's hurt, you know. That's just a discernment. Start to develop that because when you start looking at people that way, man, life gets so much easier. Mm, what a brilliant bit of advice, everyone. Give it to us one more time. Dr. Pete, I love for people to hear things twice when we get that yeah. good medicine coming in us. Go ahead. Tell us again. Yeah. So advice. I'll tell you how it happened to me. I was speaking in Kentucky to a group of people and, the, and it just came over me that I need to close my eyes and say, Lord, what are my words that I need to say? But it, it didn't come that way. It said, look at them like I see them. And I looked up and I saw pain. So when you're meeting with somebody that's angry or whatever, hurt, and you, mm -hmm. you're taking it personal, look at them like he does, the father, and then you'll see that pain or you'll see that hurt or that need. So it's discernment. And just, just start developing that because I do it every day now and I sometimes I don't. And then I, I have to mm -hmm. go back and say, I'm sorry. You know it. You know it. Because what do we do after we, we know we've been less than the light that lives within us? You can feel it afterwards. Once, you, once you've accepted God into your heart, and once you have decided that you are going to be of service to him and that all glory goes to him and you've made that firm commitment and you've developed that relationship with your creator, I'm going to tell you, folks, when you are off and out of alignment with that relationship, when you are out of the frequency and the vibration of the love that God has for us all, you feel it instantly. And the only thing you can do to correct it is go back and own where you've made those mistakes. So, Dr. Pete. I love you, brother. Thank you love so you, much for everything you do. I love that doggy too. We still think of your little baby boy running around here. and everything. Not yeah, we right there. <laughs> right. And I gotta say, um, we got you back. You know, you let me know. I know you do. And I'll make sure I'll make sure from my side that we got your back at all times. And if somebody you send somebody my way and you say they're good, I know they're good people. And we got them too. All right, everybody, together is how we win this. And we our goal, as always, hear me now, because I know. You heard my, I'm ready to go. You know me. I know you heard that early on. We win this in the best way without ever firing a shot. All right. And that, oh, how do we do that? By staying together and seeing each other for what we really are, children of God. Thank you so much for joining us today, everyone. We'll see you next week with another hopefully powerful episode of Energetic Health Radio.